Good morning. We're about to go live with the May 18th, 2023 session of the Planning Board. We are starting at 12 noon to uh, allow for some tours uh, of uh, the Briggs Cheney area. Uh, but here we are on a great sum summer day almost, except that it's 40 degrees at 7 o'clock <laughs> in, in Wheaton. Um, but on this day, May 18th, uh, 1975, I-70 South was renamed I-270. Uh, Park and Planning initially announced plans to build a freeway through Montgomery County in November 1944, bypassing Bethesda, Rockville, Gaithersburg, and construction began in 1950. Uh, Growing congestion after 1980 spurred interest in widening the interstate and construction to add multiple lanes, bringing I-270 to its present configuration, was finished in October 1990. So just the other day. Um, uh, you know, what can I tell you? Um, let's see. Uh, let's get started with preliminary matters. We have the adoption of resolutions. We have five resolutions. Heritage Potomac, Potomac Preliminary Plan 1-2023-0070, Waters Village Preliminary Plan 1-2022-0200, Waters Village Site Plan 8-2022-0260, uh, Flats at Knoll Station Preliminary Plan Number 1-2021-0038, and flats at Knoll Station Site Plan 82021-003A. I'll look for a motion to approve. Uh, can we approve them as a bulk? You can yeah, approve them would, as a bulk. I would uh, make a motion then to, to adopt all five resolutions just mentioned. I second. Thank you very much. Seeing no discussion, all those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. Aye. That's great. What a start. Uh, we have uh, no appro uh, approval of minutes. Uh, we have three record plats. We have uh, a plat number tw two, uh, 2022 0020, uh, Long Corners AR Zone. Uh, we have subdivision plat 2 2023 <coughs> 0430 uh, at Edgemore. We have subdivision plat. 2 uh, the, the staff recommends approval. Everything seems to be in order. I'll, I'll take a motion to approve all of them. I'll move that we approve all three of those subdivision plans. I'll second it. <coughs> Excellent. Uh, seeing no discussion, all those in favor say aye. 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 All right. This time I heard the fifth vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you can't have fun, why are you having anything? All right. Now, uh, we have a regulatory <laughs> extension, as, as is our habit. Um, we have um, 7126 Wisconsin Avenue sketch plan amendment uh, for 320-19003A. We have... Uh, Kingsview Station, preliminary plan number 1-2021-02-10, and site plan 8-2021-0130. Uh, 
Mr. Uh, Chan, just to jump in on um, the 7126 Wisconsin Avenue, there's also an associated preliminary plan and site plan extension request with that as well. I see it now. Okay, and the uh, the site plan is 8-20-23-0020, same number. Huh, how did that happen? That never happens, but it happened here. You heard it here first. Um, okay, I'll take a motion to approve. Uh, before you do that, Mr. Chair, I have a question on that Kingsview oh, station. Sure. If I can ask the staff, because it seems when you read it, this is a, I've, I've never seen a request number five. I always tend to see up to three, and this one, when I read it, it says that the staff was having difficulty with it. I, I'm wondering whether it has to do with the staff or whether it has to do with the applicant in terms of the delays, because it goes back to 2021. So if you can just provide a little bit of explanation of why they need this um, request, extension request. Uh, Ryan Sigworth with the Up County team. Um, I'm the lead reviewer on the preliminary plan and I'm doing this in conjunction with Jeff Server on the, on the site plan. Um, this particular property is bounded, uh, has three road frontages. Um, one of them is a state highway frontage and there has been some significant um, frontage improvement issues as well as environmental issues and also a number of different policies that have come on board during this time that keep changing the requirements. And we've been working with the applicant on those issues for quite some time. And we um, just set a board date for this for July the 6th, I believe. So this ex extension is really just, just to get us to the, we're at the five yard line and we're, we're coming to the board in July. I see. Has the project changed quite a bit in terms of its scope or? No, not, not, not it's still the same number of units. It's a mixed use. It has a commercial component and then 61 townhouses. So you think by July, I mean, is this is the last uh, extension request? Are there re yes, that's our expectation. Um, traditionally, the board hasn't had a meeting on the weekend or the week of July 4th, so it may end up being the week after that, depending on what the board scheduling is. But our expectation is to go on July 6th or July 13th. As a taxpayer and a non-board member, I hope they meet on July 4th. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, well, thank you very much. I, just, I mean, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. The, uh, the, this project has been extended a number of times. Yes, I understand. And as I said, the, um, the chair's office has an agenda request in already at the board. The date okay. has already been set. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, did I already mention that, uh, no, that, that, so those are the extensions before us. Um, should we do these individually? No, I think we can do them both. Uh, I'll ask our attorney. Um, you can do the extension requests as one motion. Okay. Uh, so I'll look forward to the motion for those aforementioned uh, sketch plan, site plans, and preliminary plans. I move that we approve the regulatory extensions. Second. Okay. Uh, seeing no discussion, all those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, five to zero. Thank you for the presentation. Okay. Are we waiting for item four? We are waiting already.
Okay, it's still May 18th, 2023. We're at the planning board session on item four, Chick-fil-A Tech Road Site Plan Amendment number 82020. Let me start again. 82005022. No, again. 82005022F. Uh, this is a public hearing. We have no speakers. So I'll, I'll turn it over to staff. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We can't hear who? This is item four on May 18th, 2023. Uh, we're, this is uh, Chick-fil-A Tech Road site plan number eight, uh, 2005-022F. Uh, um, and it is a site plan amendment and I'll turn it over to staff. Good afternoon. For the record, Matthew Folden, regulatory supervisor in the Mid-County Division, presenting site plan uh, amendment uh, 825022 f the Chick-fil-A on Tech Road in the White Oak area. <clears throat> staff is recommending approval of the site plan amendment as described in the staff report. Uh, this amendment is a major site plan amendment because the proposal increases the density over the prior approval. This is for an existing Chick-fil-A restaurant, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, that is uh, adding 120 square feet on the back of the building that's non-patron area and making other miscellaneous improvements that I'll get into in the subsequent slides. Um, 
The site is zoned CR.75 and is located at the intersection of Tech Road and Prosperity Drive within the West Tech Village Shopping Center, and it's subject to the White Oak Science Gateway Master Plan. The 8.54-acre shopping center is highlighted in red, and it's comprised of seven pad sites that contain approximately 35,980 square feet of commercial uses. Chick-fil-A is highlighted in yellow and is pad site two, um, which you can see in the center of your screen. The subject property has been governed by a site plan since 2005, and that's actually what resulted in the shopping center that exists today. The site plan has been amended several times to revine the, <coughs> pardon me, the design and landscaping for each pad site and over time as the, uh, the shopping center has continued to develop. Uh, the image on the screen shows the specific proposal uh, subject to the site plan amendment. You can see there's a small 120 square foot building expansion on the back. This is non-patron area and will uh, generally be for a walk-in freezer, some office space, storage, and it's not accessible to the public. There are pedestrian access improvements that run along the uh, west side of the building. There's relocation of an existing transformer uh, shown in the gray box here to the new red box here that accommodates some of the, uh, the site changes that are necessary to effectuate the building expansion. And there are some changes to the dumpster enclosure and apron here off the back service drive. This application was reviewed under the uh, former I-1 zone for the zoning ordinance that was in effect prior to uh, October 30th of 2014. Uh, the application is consistent with the requirements of Chapter 59, and all findings are detailed in the staff report. The applicant has met all uh, property signage, noticing, and submittal requirements, having held a virtual meeting in December of 2022, <coughs> excuse me, 22, and uh, staff has not received any correspondence on the application. And with that, staff recommend approval with conditions as enumerated in the staff report. Any questions from the board members? Is there a drive-through? No. Uh, no. There's drive no drive-through. Are they planning to do a drive-through? No. Okay. <coughs> yes. You, no. No question. The the only thing I'd say is that it, it's somewhat amazing that we're requiring somebody to go through this for 180 feet of yeah. non-occupiable space, and we might want to look at our ordinances to see why this couldn't be approved administratively. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Um, uh, it, it, it's just striking the amount of time it took for the process to get here to do this uh, for this kind of expansion. So if we can make life easier for everybody, maybe we should try to do it for Understood. my successor. You don't have to make it easier for me, but I want to make it easier for the next guy. Okay, sir, do you? Uh, I concur with your um, statement, um, Chairman. Um, and then second, I noticed that the applicant isn't here. I did have a question for the applicant, but unfortunately. They are here. Oh, they are here. Oh, they're here virtually. Yes. Okay, um, great. So my question is with regards to the um, improvements for the pedestrian walkway. Um, what is the reasoning behind that? And I like it, but since the public's not going to be accessing it, um, what's the reasoning behind it? And I do uh, appreciate it because we frequent that shopping center often. 
and, and I just want to know why. Thanks. Hi, I'm Stacy Silver um, with the law firm of Lurch, Early and Brewer for the record. If you'd like me to answer, I'm happy to. Um, so it actually is for the benefit of the employees, actually. You're exactly right. Um, it's uh, behind the area. It just provides access to these new improvements back to the building. Okay. Anything else? No. No, thank you. That I, I, I like the forward thinking on that. Perfect. Thank you, and Ms. Silver, uh, uh, send our uh, regrets to your client that they had to go through so much process for <laughs> this type of expansion, but that's just me. Yeah. We, Could I ask just we, one we question? We appreciate that. Oh, go. Sorry. Sure. Uh, why did we have to go for 180 square feet? What? Because it was an expansion. Okay. And but the expansion well, of the plot itself, not, because it's underneath the original, what we originally approved for the site plan in 05, correct? I, correct. So it wouldn't add to the total of the thing. Let, let me uh, answer that, Robert Cronenberg, for the record. Any increase in density, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's, in a, unfortunately, whether it's a foot or whether it's 100,000 square feet, comes back to the board. So historically, we've taken that back to the board because it's going above what the original approval was for. Okay. Um, we would love to do those administratively, but I think, um, and ones like this are very minor in nature, but uh, that's a judgment call in terms of bringing it to the board. And we've always historically said the deference is to bring it to the board. Uh, if we could do that quicker, we definitely would. Okay, thank you. I do, I also have a question, um, Mr. Cronenberg, maybe you can answer it. Um, does Chick-fil-A own this land area or do they lease it? That, that's probably a question for Ms. Silver. Mm -hmm. Hi, Stacy Silver for the record. Um, Tim Van Buren is here on behalf of Chick-fil-A. He may know specifically, but I believe that it is uh, rented. I don't believe that they own the land in the shopping center. But Tim can correct me if I'm misspeaking. Yeah, hi, this is Tim Van Buren, JLL, speaking on behalf of Chick-fil-A. This is leased. Yeah. yeah, if it were owned by Chick-fil-A, you would suspect it would be a separate parcel. Right, well. so, so my question is, um, since Chick-fil-A is a lessee and not the owner, and Chick-fil-A submitted the application and not the owner, and so maybe you can clarify that for me. Thanks. With any application, whether it's the owner or the owner's, um, um, uh, the owner's representative, they can submit on behalf. Um, so the way that our application is structured is if it's not the owner, then um, the owner's representative has the authority to file on their behalf, and that's all part of the affidavit that we get when it's submitted and part of the application that they sign. Right, they have to sign on. And this is even true in the permitting. It, they could, either the owner or the applicant or the engineer can do that. Okay, uh, I'll entertain a motion. Oh, Chairman Zions. Oh, yes. Chair, I, I just one thing I wanted to just make sure was clear on the record. Um, uh, on your screen, it says 100 square feet, and Matt Holden, I think, just inadvertently said 120 square feet. So don't want to lose those 60 square feet that you're approving. So I just want to make sure it's clear on the record it's 180 square feet. Um, but we, we appreciate staff's uh, work on this, and, and thank you for your review. Okay. I move that we approve Chick-fil-A Tech Road Site Plan Amendment Number 820052F. I want to second it. 
Okay, <laughs> which is a 180-foot addition, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. And we have a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. Congratulations. Thank you all. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I, I look forward to the chicken. <laughs>
uh, White Flint West uh, plan validity and APF extension. So uh, staff uh, recommends approval of this preliminary plan amendment with the findings and conditions uh, listed in the staff report for a three-year extension of the preliminary plan validity period and a six-year extension of the APF validity period. Uh, by way of a brief background, uh, following the natural resource inventory, a sketch plan was filed in 2014, and it was approved for, approved for uh, approximately 1.64 million square feet of development, uh, along with uh, public along with a public benefits package. In 2015, a pre-preliminary plan was filed, and that was reviewed at the staff level. In 2016, the applicant received approval to consolidate the three existing lots into two lots for up to 740,000 square feet uh, for residential uses and up to uh, 204,000 square feet for non-residential. And that was for uh, the entire uh, five-plus-acre site. But concurrently with that preliminary plan, the applicant also filed a phase one site plan. <clears throat> this was only applicable to approximately 1.9 acres of the site uh, for construction for up to uh, three, 330 dwelling units and up to 15,000 uh, square feet of non-residential uses. And then more recently in 2020, the property also received um, an automatic APF extension uh, via the county council's um, an, auto, an automatic extension uh, from the county council for a total of uh, two years. And so to get you oriented with the site, um, the site and the vicinity actually have uh, substantial uh, density with a zoning classification of commercial residential with uh, 4.0 FAR, uh, primarily due to its proximity to the North Bethesda Metro Station, which you see here just to the north. Uh, the property is also within the 2010 White Flint Sector Plan, uh, and it's also within the White Flint Special Taxing District. And so this uh, uh, site uh, was not subject to uh, transportation impact assessment, but it is subject to school capacity, and I'll come back to that shortly. So uh, more specifically, the site is addressed at 11520, 11560, and 11. 564 Rockville Pike. Uh, it's uh, just under uh, six acres. Uh, it consists currently of three lots. Um, it's just south of Marinelli Road and just north of Nicholson Lane, but it doesn't include this property at the corner of Rockville Pike and Nicholson Lane. Uh, this center, if you're familiar with it, it's also known as the uh, Metro Pike Center. It is currently improved with approximately 66,000 square feet of um, uh, space for retail stores. This is a, a two-story strip center. So there are storefronts along Rockville Pike, along the south side of the center, and also along the rear of the center. And you can see here just to uh, the, the northern portion, um, it has a um, standalone McDonald's with uh, associated parking. So what's before you today, um, Again, in 2016, uh, that approval established the plan validity and the APF period, but to date, there have been no record plats filed for, uh, filed for the site. So through this amendment, the applicant is requesting approval to extend the preliminary plan validity period 
by six years, which is currently set to expire um, July 10 of this year. And then they're also requesting a revision to one of our existing conditions to extend the APF uh, by six years for each phase. So phase one is currently set to expire July 2025, and phase two uh, is set to expire in July 2030. And these two dates do reflect that two-year automatic, automatic extension. So we have here this table that um, shows the current expiration dates for the validity period and APF period. So uh, the top row, you have uh, the validity period and then these bottom two rows for the phased uh, APF. And so they did receive uh, the standard 60-month uh, plan validity, but the applicant also received uh, an extended seven-year and 12-year APF validity period for parcels um, A and B, um, respectively, and you can see that. You see the column here with um, the two-year automatic extension, which is their current expiration date. And then these last two columns reflect the dates that have been requested by the applicant and their submission, and then the dates that are recommended by staff for the board's consideration. I will discuss um, the difference between the recommended uh, plan val validity dates in another, another slide, but uh, while we're here in terms of the APF expiration, uh, the applicant initially, as I mentioned, requested the six years per phase, which effectively totals a 12-year extension requ request. But it's really the department's interpretation that the subdivision regulations indicate that a total of, of six years, regardless of the phasing, uh, is what the cap is. And so uh, for the APF, um, the, the, the staff proposed expiration dates reflects that interpretation. And so for phase one, um, uh, they could have three years, and then for phase two, an additional three years for a total of six. So let's start with the preliminary plan uh, validity period. Um, the board can extend this deadline if certain findings are satisfied. The board must find that, uh, one, either there's been a delay by the government or some other entity uh, beyond the applicant's control that prevented them from validating the plan, or two, there's been uh, an occurrence of significant, unusual, and, and unanticipated events beyond the applicant's control that have substantially impaired the applicant's ability to validate the plan and have experienced exceptional or undue hardship. And so the applicant attests that market conditions haven't evolved as they anticipated uh, due to the pandemic. There have been increases in construction costs. Uh, they state that there have been relatively uh, flat rents in the area, and of course, uh, we know about inflation. So these have delayed uh, their ability to validate the plan. Um, however, they have also noted uh, that despite these delays, uh, they do, um, they've indicated certainty with the project uh, and that it remains viable um, and is capable of being financed and constructed. And that is another aspect of the finding that the board must consider. But notwithstanding this application, staff does not recommend that the board support the requested six-year preliminary plan uh, validity extension. And to summarize this position, um, I just want to uh, point out that the board does have authority to determine the allotted time granted in this extension. And you may also deny the request if, it's, uh, if you find that it's no longer viable. 
So specifically section uh, 50.4.2H5B states that uh, the board must only grant the minimum time it deems necessary for the applicant to validate the plan. So the six-year request, which would effectively equate to a span of 13 years to file a record plat, appears to be excessive in this case from staff's perspective. And also given the applicant's reassurance that um, there is financial soundness to proceed, staff recommends that the planning board require the applicant to validate this preliminary plan within three years, extending the current expiration date through 2026. And so uh, we think that this not only represents a good faith effort towards implementation, but also upon further coordinating, the applicant has concurred that uh, their requested expiration can be reasonably reduced to this time frame, which is the minimum necessary, which is required by the code. I also want to point out that the applicant's original validity period was phased to have a maximum of two years between filing the plat and pulling a building permit. And so with the three-year extension, this would maintain that same sequencing and coordination um, with um, the new APF date, which we'll, we'll circle back to. Um, but to put a finer point on why staff believes that the three-year extension is a prudent step at this point, um, this extension will still afford the applicant a total of 10 years to confirm their subdivision um, and also enable them to, f to file additional preliminary plan amendments and site plans as necessary. So shifting to the APF validity period now, so since the subdivision had an original validity period that was longer than 10 years, the board can extend the, their APF determination, uh, but it must not ex uh, exceed six years. And so there are two, um, the board must consider, two find, uh, consider findings from two separate passages within the subdivision regulations. The first is specifically it applies to all application types, and then the second that's noted here is specifically for uh, mixed-use subdivisions, which we're dealing with. So uh, the noted uh, code section lists the requirements for the extension uh, for up to, to six years. So the applicant has indeed made a timely request for this extension. Uh, no additional development, public improvement, or traffic impacts are proposed or anticipated. Uh, there's also a requirement if the remaining unbuilt units would generate more than 10 students in any school serving this development, the board must make a new adequate public facilities determination for school adequacy. So that uh, determination was conducted. We applied the FY 2023 annual schools test. Uh, all those details are on page 17 of the staff report. Uh, the summary of that is that the project um, is estimated to generate uh, 22 elementary students, nine middle school students, and 10 high school students, uh, which does not exceed our adequacy ceilings for each of those schools. And so this application would not need to make additional uh, utilization premium payments. And so for number four, the applicant has presented a new development schedule that maintains the two-year phases that were approved. And then finally, uh, financing uh, must be secured for either one building in the next stage or completion of infrastructure required to serve the next stage. Um, and as I mentioned, the applicant has attested that there's uh, sufficient funding to implement both phases uh, when market conditions approve. 
And so this outlines the second layer of the findings that I noted, uh, specifically for mixed-use subdivisions. And so an extension may be granted if building permits have been issued for at least 40% of the project, all the infrastructure required has been constructed, or they've made their payment for the construction. And then third, DPS has either issued occupancy permits or completed a final building permit inspection for either structures that comprise 10% of the project or 5%, in the case that um, at least 60% has been built or is under construction. So with all that said, the applicant has not met these requirements uh, of the subdivision regulations, uh, specifically related to the thresholds associated with uh, the percentages of the issuance of building permits, what's remaining uh, for uh, the gross floor area to be built, and then also the delivery of the public infrastructure improvements. And so the applicant is requesting this waiver. Um, section 59.9.3A from the zoning requires, uh, out outlines requirements to grant this waiver. And so the first, um, as noted here, is due to practical difficulty or unusual circumstances. Uh, where it's not needed, where the application of the requirements is not needed to ensure the public health, safety, and uh, general welfare. And I'll just note that the, the subject property, as we already know, it's uh, currently code conforming, it's an operational shopping center, and so the additional improvements aren't required to solely ensure uh, public health, safety, and welfare. Uh, but we do know that the implementation of the project will deliver additional public mm -hmm. infrastructure investments uh, that will expand transit accommodations, it'll revamp uh, the pedestrian and bicycle facilities, improve circulation, and so forth. And so by granting this waiver, uh, the public's uh, health, safety, and general welfare will be substantially advanced beyond these existing conditions with the completion of these improvements. Uh, the second point is that the intent of the requirement is still met. Uh, by granting uh, this waiver, the project is still vi uh, remains viable because the applicant can proceed with uh, the record plats and other uh, necessary uh, pre-construction requirements. I also want to point out again that um, the transportation APF doesn't apply to this project because of the uh, w within the taxing district. Uh, and they have demonstrated that they've met the uh, FY 2023 uh, school adequacy test. So the applicant wouldn't be withholding any APF capacity uh, from other projects. And then lastly, the waiver is the, uh, the waiver uh, must be the minimum necessary and consistent with the uh, purposes and objectives of the general plan. Uh, I've already explained uh, what staff uh, has recommended as the minimum necessary. Um, this project is also consistent with our Thrive 2050 general plan, um, specifically with our um, with the elements uh, pointing to our major transportation corridors to maximize uh, efficient land use and create complete communities. And the general plan specifically identifies the Rock, Rockville Pike corridor as an appropriate place for more intensive development. And so by retrofitting um, the shopping center it would bring forth a mix of uses and housing and provide that critical mass near 
uh, services and the metro station. And so uh, this, uh, by granting the waiver, the redevelopment of, of this property uh, will implement uh, not only the sector plan, but also the general plan. And so for those reasons, uh, staff does recommend that the board uh, consider this uh, waiver request. And so in closing, uh, this amendment is consistent with the provisions of uh, chapters 50 and 59, also the sector plan and uh, our general plan, as I just outlined. Uh, there are adequate public facilities for the proposed development. Uh, we've also listed uh, the remainder of the findings are, are detailed in the staff report. Uh, no written public cor correspondence was received during the review. Um, nor after the posting of the staff report. And so again, we do recommend that the planning board approve uh, the extension for the plan uh, validity for three years and the extension of the APF validity for six years. And uh, happy to take any questions. Thank you for a thorough report. Uh, if, if the applicant would like to speak first, should we hear them first? Is the applicant online or here? Welcome. Good afternoon, uh, Chair Zions and uh, Commissioners. Matt Gordon from the law firm of Selzer Gervich um, on behalf of the applicant. Um, and seated to my left is Brian Downey um, from BF Saul Company, uh, as well as Saul Centers. Um, I'll, I'll be very brief. We're in support of staff's recommendation, and we appreciate uh, their assistance um, working with us through this extension process. Um, and I think uh, Mr. Downey can speak to the economic challenges and other factors that have necessitated uh, the extension request. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Brian Downey with um, uh, Saul Centers, uh, based in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, Matt teed me up to talk about the economic uh, situation <laughs> here. I, I think you've heard a lot about that. Um, throughout the county. Um, so I should back up and say that Saul's a long-term holder, investor, developer in Montgomery County. And so we, we buy sites, acquire sites for the intention of developing them, but we can afford to be patient. Fortunately, in this case, we need to be patient. Um, we not only got the preliminary plan approval, but a site plan approval for phase one back in 2016. The expectation at the time was that shortly thereafter we should be able to go forward and uh, proceed with the project, but market conditions did not materialize. Um, we're still in that situation. Um, we are patient. We intend as soon as we can to go forward. Uh, at this time, to give you an example, what we do, we are developing at 7316 Wisconsin and we're developing the Twinbrook uh, Quarter. So maybe the two largest projects under construction right now, both at transit locations. This one will be a third. It's something we're a big believer in, uh, but not quite there yet. They're, they're all three at transit locations, but they, let's just call it, say, pencil very differently because of circumstances. Um, <clears throat> we are ready to go. Uh, we are keeping all of our final engineering plan approvals intact and extended. Uh, our WSSC approvals intact and extended, uh, and when the time comes, we'll proceed. We're not quite there yet uh, for 
some reasons that were summarized in staff's presentation. But it's when rents, projected revenues, and costs come together, we'll be able to proceed. And until then, we need to be patient, <laughs> but also optimistic and eager to get started. So this is our first request for an extension. Uh, we appreciate your support. We're in support of staff's recommendation, and we'd ask for your approval. Thank you. Thank you. Given that we have the applicant and staff in agreement, what questions would you like to ask, Ms. Bedley? Well, uh, good afternoon. And uh, it, I'm, I'm very happy to see that because when I was reading uh, the staff review, the difference between six years and three years. Uh, the only question, and I'm very happy that you are okay with that, uh, what if the three year doesn't work? Can they come back for another extension? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that makes sense to me because I, I would see that you really don't have a crystal ball to see what happens, so hopefully that works. Okay, I'm good with that, thank you. So in 2016, a redevelopment and plan were approved by um, the commission, correct? Uh, a, a site plan was approved, yes, along with the preliminary plan, yes. I'm, ver I'm very just, Now that site plan, excuse me, is just for, the, uh, just for phase one. Northern, northern end side. of this particular site. Yes, okay. I'm very familiar with the um, the shopping center, Bertram's Inkwell. I believe is a tenant there. They're a, a, a purveyor of fine writing instruments, and uh, this was um, scheduled for development in 2016. Is it going to be mixed use, residential and commercial, or still commercial? I think Goodwill is on the other side of the building, also. Correct. Uh, they are. Yeah. Um, this, per the first phase, when I get back up and talk about the sketch plan, uh, which is a combination of that shopping center and some property across the street, um, the first phase, which was approved for the site plan, would be that, let's call it the northern third of the shopping center. So we would take the shopping center back to, if it sounds like you're familiar with it, there is a set of stairs that go up from street level, 355 side, the second level in the back. We would take the shopping center back to that point in the first phase. And what we would develop um, is um, residential over first, uh, first floor uh, retail in this case. The overall approval or sketch plan is for, um, I think, about 225,000 square feet of commercial, including office, ground floor retail, and, and an office building. The rest is residential. Okay. So the height would be dramatically different than what it is now. Uh, yes, in a good way. <laughs> yes, it's the, the uh, maximum allowed height in that area is 300 feet. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not clear what the holdup is. You had approval in 2016. We have increased, significantly increased rents since then for housing. You're across the street catty corner from a metro station you're across the street from nrc it's an old building i still am not sure what the holdup is why have we been sitting for seven this, this is a prime piece of property i would like to see redeveloped with housing and, and stuff on it i'm not i'm still not clear on what's the what the holdup is um you've got twin quarter well. i understand you got a lot of things going on yeah what's no, this what's no, the problem this, with this the, the, in this case the rents actually in this market this particular sub market have been flat Without naming properties, I can tell you some properties have, are getting less rent now than they got in 2016. Pike and Rose? Without naming properties, I can say there are some. Now, there is a bit of a, 
there is a bit of a floor we're seeing established mm -hmm. underneath things, and it's starting to trend up, but <clears throat> they've been flat, effectively. Mm -hmm. And construction costs have gone up. In our case, asking about this, it's a, it's a high-rise mm -hmm. apartment building. It doesn't have a lot of retail on the ground floor, which really is, call it the juice that supports a lot of these things where it can. And because it's high-rise, it has uh, increased construction costs on a per square foot basis. So, okay. Mr. Bartlett? Yeah, I think Mr. Hedrick points something out that, that's, that's curious to me because on the back side of where the old White Flint Mall is, there's new housing construction development going on there. Um, the, near the PGA golf store, the new PGA golf store, there's a new residential development going there, and it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's slated for full occupancy. And so um, I, I would double down on the inquiry of Mr. Hedrick with regards to the, to the delay, especially taking into consideration there seems to be a, a large demand for housing and the population seems to be escalating here in the county. Uh, those are stick built. Five stories over, uh, much larger footprint. They I would say, it, from a developer standpoint, a completely different uh, situation. There have been two stick-built uh, projects. That one that just finished, and then the um, Arrow Wood that finished about two years ago, I believe. But and if large I can difference. Just report to everybody. Our our choice is to let a plan expire, or extend the plan. We don't have the choice of building the building. Um, uh, so that's, that's the application before us. Yeah. I understand, but right now we don't. It, it seems a while before we'll get anything on, well, this, on this property, and I'm, I'm concerned that we've been almost seven years with nothing, nothing doing. Uh, and I, I, are you overextended, or is it an economic consideration? Uh, the latter. Thank you. Really? It's the latter being economic consideration. Oh, oh, the market's oh. not there. I mean, to oh. yeah, the, the former was yeah, right. Are you my overextended? Head just yes. spun that around. Yes, <laughs> it I just always dislike the former or the latter. It's always, <laughs> I think the former is the first thing, and the latter is the last thing. You mentioned. Um, okay, um, uh, I, I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm convinced this is the minimum necessary. I am convinced that this is not the only application this board will see for extensions for somewhat the same reasons. Um, and uh, I'll entertain a motion. Can I just ask one? Yes, you, yes you can. I'm just sorry. curious because it's a lot of retail space and um, you know the proposed is not going to be that many retail. Um, is there, what's going to happen to all the retail places or stores that we have there right now? Uh, that would be to be determined, quite honestly. There are some excellent tenants in there. Yeah. And we would hope to keep some excellent tenants. So they would be But able that's all to, to be determined, okay. quite honestly, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it would, it's very hard to retain on-site while you're under construction. Mm -hmm. You have to make up. Lots of provisions uh, for relocation and yes. coming back, and it's complicated. It gets complicated, yeah. It does. 
but we I have some excellent we have some excellent there. tenants there. We really do. That's I mean that's a I appreciate the point, the question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend that she was working in one of those, and they have been talking about this coming for years. So. <laughs> okay. Now I'll entertain a motion. I can entertain the motion uh, to um, uh, provide approval uh, for the salt center for the extension uh, for a preliminary plan amendment uh, number 12016008A. With the conditions uh, recommended by yes. staff? With the condition as recommended by staff. Seeing no further discussion, all those in favor say aye. Someone has to second. Oh, oh, I'm sorry? Second. Oh, I'm. I second that motion. Thank you. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> all, all those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. Thank you for your patience, and we look forward to the building, as you can see. Everybody's asking why isn't there. Not mm -hmm. don't do it, just do it. But thank you. Uh, thank you for your support. Appreciate it.
Greetings. It's still May 18th in the afternoon on, in 2023. This is the planning board. We are on item six. All right, we are on item six of the planning board agenda, May 18th, 2023. I see shadows in Wheaton, so if you want some sun, come on down. Uh, we are on Broad Meadow Farm, preliminary plan amendment number one, 2013-015A. Uh, this is a public hearing. There are no speakers signed up. Uh, I'll turn it over to staff. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Ryan Sigworth with the Up County Planning Team. Um, this is a preliminary plan amendment that you mentioned entitled Broad Meadow Farm. It is an amendment to modify the existing adequate public facilities finding in the uh, staff report that was uh, originally done in 2013. Um, that original application produced a subdivision and created the plat that you see in this graphic to create three lots uh, on roughly 10 acres. Um, and at that time, the house that's shown on that plat that says existing dwelling um, was also on the original property. So essentially, they platted three lots, one for the existing house and two additional lots for houses. Um, the staff has received no correspondence from the community regarding this application, and all of the required noticing has been met. Um, this particular property is kind of nestled in the corner between Persimmon Tree Road and River Road in the Potomac area. You have the, um, the Potomac sort of commercial area at River Road and Falls Road right here. This is an aerial image of the, um, of the uh, existing property of the existing house shown on lot one. You have a, a newly constructed house um, that's on lot two and lot three um, continues to be um, undeveloped at this time. As I mentioned, the property uh, is roughly two acres, or two acres, 10 acres in size. Um, <laughs> And zoned RE2. It was also zoned RE2 at the time of the original application in 2013 and has been subdivided in a plat filed for three detached single family lots. Um, it is located in the Potomac Subregion Master Plan adopted in 2002. So at the time that the original preliminary plan was approved, there was a, uh, uh, the county worked with the applicant to allow. Um, the existing house on lot one to remain on its own private well and septic until such time as the other two lots were developed and connected to public sewer. Um, and at that time, once that occurred, then lot one would then be required to connect to the public sewer system and abandon their septic and well. Um, now the applicant is proposed, is, 
is saying that that um, that that connection is too expensive to, to for them to do, and they are asking that the p adequate public facilities finally be met to allow their existing ha house to remain on its existing public well and or I'm sorry, private well and, and septic system. Um, I do want to note though that nothing in the future would preclude them from connecting to the public sewer or public system if they desired. They have a corridor um, through the property to get out to River Road and the utilities. The only thing they would likely have to do would be amend their forest conservation plan to address limits of disturbance to, to set it up to do that. Um, but uh, nothing, so in the future, if their system were to fail, water well or septic, they could come back and, and um, connect to the public system. This amendment proposes no new construction whatsoever, and that in essentially allow, or requests that the status quo that's occurring on the property now be allowed to remain in perpetuity. Um, part of the issue here is that when the plat, record plat was filed in 2013 or 2014, there were notes put on that plat requiring this to happen. And so what the applicant needs to do to, to sort of free up the title on these properties is to re-record a plat with those notes missing. <clears throat> um, this image uh, shows the newly constructed house, and the, on the right is the other lot created by this um, that remains undeveloped. Um, all of the other findings in the staff report, aside from the public adequate public facilities findings, remain in effect and are, and are unchanged, so you're really only addressing one finding in the original staff report. Um, this particular issue is really the lead agencies on this are DEP and DPS, and to determine water and sewer policy, and staff has no reason to find any fault or issue in that whatsoever. So um, with that, staff does recommend approval with the conditions that are outlined in the staff report for Broadmeadow Farm, preliminary plan uh, 120130 um, And I do have a copy, um, just if you want to discuss, this is an image of the existing notes on the plat itself. So and that's what we're trying to address. Did, did DEP or, uh, or WSSC have affirmative comments on this? WSSC doesn't, would only review these plans when there was an application to connect, which is kind of the opposite right. of what this application <laughs> is doing. Um, but uh, Alan Sukup from DEP is online, and we also have Catherine Nelson that handles our sewer category changes that can discuss that as well. But the determination here is really a DEP issue, and Mr. Sukup, I think, can, can answer your questions in that regard. And there was a letter of approval issued, which is included as oh, they did, attachments. Oh, they did have a letter of approval. Yes. Okay. I, I did also want to mention that DPS well and septic also went out and, and was provided documentation to show that the existing septic system meets current standards. They have a reserve area established for the wow. septic. So all of that's in line with the county requirements. The, are, are, are there any of the agencies like DEP or DPS or us prefer either way to be public or do we, is it a preference that we have? Because in regard to septic, sometimes we are concerned uh, that if they are viable or they stay viable. But the question in general is that are any preference that this property or any property in the county to be connected to public or stay as septic? I, um, 
I'll answer that briefly and then I'll let Alan Sukup chime in since he's on the call. But I think generally in subdivision um, projects, you want, you want it to be all on public sewer or all on septic. You don't typically mix and match. Um, but in this particular case, they sort of delayed that for, for timing portions to allow the applicant to create these lots and then connect later, which they're wanting to change that, that agreement. But as far as the rest of your question, I'll, I'll ask Alan Sukup to chime in since he's on the call and, and he can explain that better. Yes, this is Alan Sukup with Department of Environmental Protection. Um, the applicants, once this uh, property was subdivided, the applicants came back to DEP and requested what we call an exception to the requirement for public water and sewer for the uh, existing house. Uh, we took a look at that again and determined that because the setback was so deep from the existing water and sewer lines that we could allow an exception to allow the property owners to continue with the existing well and septic provided they needed um, uh, DPS standards uh, for a functional system, which they have met. Okay, thank and that's our, that's the memo we have uh, in the packet. Thank you. Commissioner Barker. Yeah, can we go back to the slide showing lot one, two, and three? Um, yeah. <laughs> that. yeah. So lot one is the, was the original owner of lot two and three, correct? Well, the owner of lot one was the original owner of the full 10 acres unsubdivided. Okay. And, and, and then the, they created lots two and three. I think lot two is owned by someone else now, but lot three, I believe, is still owned by the original applicant. And so um, prior to the subdivision, lot one was on private well and private right. septic. Yes, correct? the, the okay. house, the septic system, and the well predated the subdivision. I don't know by how much, but it predated the subdivision. And lot two is currently on public water and sewer. <laughs> yes. Yep. And yes, if the, anything's to be constructed on lot three, they would have to be on public water. That's so correct. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And just one, one clarifying question. Septic system is good. You said they checked that out, that it's fine. Yes, no, there's no a, concerns. There's a letter included from DPS well and septic in the packet. Okay, great. No problem. I, I do have an, a, a question. There, there, another question. Um, you use the term for perpetuity, and um, just in terms of legal sense, I found the use of that word curious. Perpetuity it means it goes on and on forever with no endpoint, and so. I didn't know how, how strong the use of that word is because in a lot of legal documents, perpetuity can, can be found to be null because it has to be some time specific. And then um, another thing I found curious is why would um, lot one have to file an exception if they were on uh, private septic and sewer if they chose to subdivide. I, I just find it curious that they, like anybody who's wishing to subdivide, could be forced to hook up to public water well, I, and sewer. Well, I think the exception was applied for as part of this application right. post-subdivision. I don't think that was required at the time of subdivision in 2013. So now it would be required if somebody wants to subdivide, they would have to hook up to public water and sewer in certain areas? Yes, depending on how. So this, ca this property is categorized as S3. So there's, there's 
infrastructure available. So if they don't want to connect to it, they need an exception to do that. Right. Yep. We make those categories. So that sort of answered my question. Preferences to connect to public, sure. and if you don't want, you have to ask for exceptions. So that Correct. answers my question. Correct. Right. Did they have to, um, the applicant said that they didn't want to connect because it was too costly. Did they have to provide any evidence or any estimate of how much it was going to cost them to connect? The application process doesn't require any of the sort of estimates or anything like that, no. It, the only thing I would say about that is that given the location of the house and the depth of that lot that Mr. Sukup alluded to, it is considerably ex more expensive to connect that than, say, lot two and three would be. Oh, yeah. So um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not super unusual to have a flag lot that with that much depth, but at mm -hmm. the same time, it most of the time when you see that in RE2 zones, the mm -hmm. most of the time on septic. Okay, anybody else? Uh, I don't think uh, there are engineers for the applicant on the call. I don't know if you want to say anything. Hi, I'm Jason Azar with Clark Azar Associates. I'm the engineer for the applicant. Uh, I have nothing to add, but I'm, I'm happy to ask, answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Just wanted to give you the opportunity. Uh, oh. Mr. Pinheiro um, asked whether or not there was any evidence provided with regards to the cost of connecting to um, public water and sewer. And I'm wondering if you did an assessment as, as to the cost. Thanks. Um, I, I did not do uh, an estimate of the cost. I, I do know, though, however, um, after the water main was put in uh, along River Road, there was another concern uh, related to um, the pressure. Uh, the, the piping in the existing house is exceptionally old. The original farm parts, farmhouse or portions of it are uh, close to 100 years old. And there was concern that uh, the, the high pressure in the main along the road uh, would require uh, a number of pressure reducing valves on all the fixtures uh, to prevent damage to the pipes in the existing house. So it was that uh, in addition to the cost. However, uh, I did not do an estimate. Um, I was just told by the applicant that the, the cost was too great. Um, and for scale purposes, the, the, the run from the road back to the house is about 700 feet. Wow. Wow. So this is Alan Sukup again. I get our experience with these cases, which has been over the past uh, decade or two is that um, the cost for uh, putting in uh, on-site on extensions, if you will, uh, at that depth, 600, 700 feet, is substantially more than um, their on-site septic costs. In this case, uh, they did not need to replace the septic system. They just needed to de to determine uh, reserve areas, uh, which just required some on-site testing. So um, it's not uncommon for us to grant an exception when there is a setback this long uh, from the source of the water and sewer system. Thank you, Mr. Sukup. Uh, any other? I see no other lights on. I'll I'll take a motion. Mm -hmm. Move that we approve the preliminary plan amendment number one, 2013 015A. 
I second. Okay. Sufficient for staff? Yes. Okay. All those in favor say aye. 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 Five zero. Thank you very much. Howdy, we are on uh, the seventh uh, item on May 18th's Planning Board agenda. It's the Fairland Briggs Cheney Master Plan Update Work Session Number One. Uh, I will turn it over to staff who provided a, a, a report to the board and with their um, uh, position on various things they heard at the public hearing. But with that, I'll turn it over to staff. Good afternoon, everyone. My Great. name is Maline Jackson. Uh, for the record, I'm 
Uh, Co-leading the Fairland and Briggs Cheney Master Plan, and to my right is my uh, other better half in this plan, <laughs> my co-lead, um, uh, Clark Larson, and uh, to his right is Don Ziegler, or Darnell Ziegler, excuse me, our supervisor for Up County. We're just going to jump right in. Um, I do want to remind you that um, tomorrow is the last day. Um, anyone who's listening in right now, um, it's not too late to get your comments and your testimony in. We will be closing the record tomorrow. We have so far received comments from 50 individuals, summing up about eight or 88, eight, 80 comments total. We'll be going through um, a number of them today and also um, just reemphasizing how this plan, the Fairland and Briggs Cheney Master Plan, connects into Thrive Montgomery 2050. So this is the agenda today. I will go through a little bit of highlighting how this plan um, connects into the Thrive Montgomery plan, go over some racial equity, social justice, how this plan addresses racial equity, social justice, and then I'll pass it off to Clark Larson to go over the executive summary and the intro to the plan to summarize it a bit. We are going to kind of um, follow your lead too. Just wanna make sure that you know we're gonna keep it brief. Um, we're not going through uh, land use, the items that are highlighted in gray. We won't be touching on those until the second work session on May 25th. Um, so we'll, be, we'll just be touching on, uh, like I said, Thrive, Racial Equity, Social Justice, Executive Summary, an introduction, some comments we've received on that. Housing, we have our housing expert behind us. Some transportation, but really parks-related circulation um, comments that we receive, community health, which we didn't really receive any testimony for, Pub parks and public open space, environment or saving for the 25th, community facilities, historic preservation, and cultural resources, but we didn't receive any testimony for the last item. So again, you've seen this slide many, many times before, but we just want to emphasize that um, this plan is seeking to build complete and equitable communities. We're, we are definitely putting the corridor first and focusing on compact growth uh, with key activity centers, um, trying to give some clarity to the economic health that is directly related to Fairland and Briggs Cheney specifically, and um, increase environmental resilience in order to build, in order, in order for the built and the natural environment to coexist together. Racial equity, social justice issues. Of course, we um, there was the bill 2719, which basically says that the planning board must consider racial equity, social justice impacts, and consider is a very uh, loose term. Um, so we've considered it in our outreach efforts, definitely as we were engaging people and trying to reach people where they were with the planning process itself and their understanding of how this is how this process goes along. We hope that they are still tuning in with us and, <laughs> and keeping the stamina going. It's a, it's a long process for some folks, two years. Um, definitely emphasize the um, historical impacts of racial equity and uh, disinvestment. There is also some objectives to, again, build an equitable community. The recommendations themselves with a great emphasis on um, investment and opportunities in investment opportunities in East County, as well as in the implementation section with um, a, spe a specific nod to the Community Advisory Committee. 
having the community still be a part of the implementation of this plan. So I'm gonna turn it over now to my colleague, Clark Larson, who will take the lead uh, moving forward. Thanks, Molly. Again, Clark Larson with Up County Planning. Um, so our intention with this item is to walk through a bit of the public testimony we received on a number of, the, number of these chapters. We want to give you an opportunity to uh, discuss and give us direction on any um, decisions as a result of the testimony we receive. Um, then we also want to pause and ask for any other comments or um, directions that you want to give on these sections as well. Um, so not only testimony, but we want to hear from you if there's any um, changes that you want to see in the plan before it uh, moves forward. So one uh, comment we received was questioning the uh, items in the how will we get there graphic. And just briefly, we have a picture of that graphic here on the screen. So this is in our visioning section of the plan. Um, we're asking how will we get there? And the answers are enhanced BRT, compact development, connected trails and pathways, innovative food systems, and resilient environment. And those concepts are uh, related to the recommendations and principles that you'll find throughout the plan. They're sort of setting up the overall framework for it. Um, but the testimony is suggesting that enhanced BRT include local bus, as I mentioned. Um, and the testimony asked not to include innovative food systems, I guess not seeing a, a major need to, to mention that as part of the plan's Im implementation, as well as including the statement about racial equity and social justice within this circular graphic. Um, our response to that, we, we sort of disagree with this approach, this perspective. Uh, we feel that this graphic captures well the summary of recommendations, um, that we don't necessarily need to list racial equity, social justice as a way to accomplish everything else that's sort of baked in to what the plan is intended to do anyway. Um, but we wanted to hear from you all as to um, any direction that you felt about these comments. I, I would just say in two seconds or less, I think that innovative food systems is part of racial equity and, and making an equitable area. It, it is a subset of the bigger category. So I sort of think why not agree with what you heard in testimony? myself. Nobody else want on this topic, okay? No, I mean, I, I think it's the, it's the focus, right, of what the, the particular community needs is the, the food system. We talk, I think we talked about it today when we went on the, the tour, right? It's the access to food. I think, I, if I'm reading it and understanding it, that's the focus we want to have for this particular area is its need for sort of access to food systems and things like that, is that right? If that's a question for us, we would throw it back. Is that what you want? So, um, yes, I agree with you. Understanding how that's in there, I think that's what I'm getting at. I think there's also an aspect that, you know, racial equity and social justice is not a thing to do. It's an approach to take across the entire spectrum of the plan. And so we were sort of putting in this graphic the, the elements that could be accomplished um, and realized over the lifetime of the plan, all of which do get to increasing racial equity, uh, cultural equity, language equity, um, and social justice that we feel East County has not had enough attention on. So, you know, we don't, yeah. it wouldn't hurt to put it in there, but we just didn't see that as part of the phrase that makes sense with this graphic. That was our perspective. Well, I, I do agree with your assessment that, um, you know, uh, the equity part 
is not one element that you just circle it and put it there. It's not. But all the circles that you have is, uh, include that. I, I, I understand your approach. I think that the comment from community is that they want to see that this circle, all the elements, you have one, two, three, four, five elements, include that. So is there a way that we maybe just put a core and say that this core includes all the elements and that is the equity for all the elements? Something like that. I think somehow they want to put that focus on the paper. We certainly can. It could be the bigger circle. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. a bigger circle or something that it says that equity encompasses all of these and is not just one of those. I, I totally understand what you're saying. In my former life, I would have put a footnote to that effect. But. Okay. <laughs> Whatever that brings the focus to that. Right. I, I, I understand that. That works for me. Okay. We better continue if we if can certainly this do that. Yeah, no need us to dwell on it too much. Um, <laughs> another item of testimony uh, sought to integrate the master plan primarily with the White Oak Science Gateway master plan. I think uh, seeing it as sort of a um, an addition to or part of that White Oak as the primary focus. Um, we agree that there's a relationship there, um, but that it doesn't necessarily um, override or replace the attention to the Fairland area. So we agree that the White Oak Science Gateway Master Plan is important to Fairland and Briggs-Cheney Master Plan, um, and that non-auto driver mode share should be increased, and another part of their testimony. Um, I don't know that that necessarily brings to mind in us any changes in the plan, but we were agreeing with that statement. What you're agreeing to uh, mention a close relationship in the plan is what I'm reading. Right, and actually I think that Part of this response is understanding that maybe we didn't do that enough in the intro. Right, so right. yeah, mention the plan's close right. relationship. Yeah, so we're happy to do that as an, an edit. Yeah, and and I agree with that. As we talked this morning when we had the uh, field visit, that these two sort of complete each other. They help each other. Right. Each of them that thrives is going to make the other one thrive. So they are both catalysts to each other. Mm -hmm. Okay, continuing on, violence agreement. There is testimony to the effect that uh, US 29 should not be for walkers and bikers. I think they were thinking about maybe along the side of the corridor, um, that Old Columbia Pike should instead be the focus for increased safety and comfort of bike and pedestrian uh, travel. Um, we agree, this is a limited access highway. <laughs> what we think the plan is addressing is it needs to be easier to cross US 29. Uh, I don't think the testimony would disagree with that, but um, you know, we agree with that testimony statement and wanted to make it clear to you that that is our focus in the plan and what we hope your focus is as well. Yep, keep going. Okay. Uh, there was testimony uh, that asked that complete community be considered in the broader area. This is again getting back to um, mentioned before about the relationship between White Oak and Burtonsville and the Fairland area. Again, we think this could be addressed in, you know, mentioning it, having more of a conversation with the adjacent areas. Um, we realize that the introduction and the visions probably focus more on the Fairland plan area itself 
and maybe not as much on what's nearby and how it can be integrated. So we would agree with that comment. Okay. Um, the Maryland Department of Planning uh, asked us to include mention of the state of Maryland's 12 planning visions in the vision area. We agree this was not um, thought of at the time. I, I'm certainly aware of them, but we didn't bring them in as the overarching, overarching vision statements. But that would be an easy thing to do um, is to discuss how the plan is um, seeking yep. to support and implement those State 12 planning, planning will visions. look for it all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's comment um, stating that the failure to provide transit serviceability from the Eastern Montgomery 1981 master plan has led to limited planned development that's only now getting started on US 29 through flash BRT, through other transportation improvements. Um, we agree, and essentially that's the reason, one reason that we're looking at the plan area now is to bring some attention to this area of the county and um, anticipate what could happen in the future. Um, and so this is really mentioned in the context area, the history context area. Um, we believe that maybe transit serviceability could be discussed, maybe an additional one or two sentences to bring that relationship in, um, but that doesn't necessarily change any of the meaning. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to determine the, the reasons for failure for, for development, but uh, certainly uh, transit serviceability was one of them, but I wouldn't try to list all of the possible reasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay, everybody? And I believe, finally, for testimony on the executive summary and introduction section, um, there was a question from, t from a commenter that Fairland and East County does not have a significant employment base. This is not defined in numbers, but just defined in words here in the plan. Um, we would agree that it may not be relative to other larger employment centers in the county or the region that we could take this out without really changing the um, attention of employment that does exist in the plan. It doesn't necessarily be need, needs to be stated as significant. You get a dollar a word for every word you remove. All right. Do I get the dollar back get when do I take it out? Because <laughs> I've already paid. Okay. Okay. General agreement. Um, and in general, in addition to testimony, we have some proposed staff revisions. So we're going to bring you a track changes version of the plan with a bunch of minor text corrections, map design improvements, uh, more photos. Um, we hope to receive your minor edits as well. If you find a typo or need for explanation, you can share that with us. I don't think it necessarily needs to be uh, discussed uh, with the group if there's a, a correction. Um, but in addition to that, we would ask you to consider um, updating the demographic context section with newer census information. We used what we had at the time with the uh, American Community Survey five-year estimate a couple years ago. We have some newer numbers, so we would just update the data. Did not seeing head nods. notice. Okay. <laughs> in America, up and down is yes, I think. <laughs> All right, and then um, this is just an opportunity to view what's in the plan just as a reminder, but we really wanted to provide you an opportunity to bring us any comments or directions from the executive summary, which is only about a page or two, and the introduction section that we would be happy to uh, consider. I'm somewhat prepared to do this. Any board members want to have? Go for it, okay. 
All right. I, I did uh, have the opportunity to talk to staff, so uh, I'll, I'll try to keep my comments brief. Um, uh, one of the things I didn't see on equitable communities in this is 2B1. It says community members benefit from accessibility and diverse educational opportunities that advance cultural understanding and building computing capacity. Um, regional networks create uh, uh, working partnerships, dot, 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 the rest of the paragraph. I think that's a general statement that applies anywhere. I'm not, I'm not sure it's needed, but I'm okay if it if it is relevant to what you think you're doing there. Just, just look at it for editorial purposes and see if it works. Um, I thought the, the history w was very good. The only thing when you get to the parks, you, it's interesting that you only mentioned one park, and, and yet when you go to the park inventory, there's, I don't know, 12 parks in there or something like that. Hmm. So in the it, vicinity, it, but there's only two parks, I think, within the plan area. Uh, well, the, you had a whole bunch listed uh, on, on the park section. Can you point me to a page? If I could, I would. Okay. I'm flipping there. Must be 23. Page 23. All I know is, uh, you're right. Uh, I mean, there. This is an oddly shaped area. Let's let's yeah. uh, be clear. Focused. <laughs> yes, there's certainly adjacent parks in the area um, within the, oh, the oh, plan is area. Oh, is that why you limited just to that? Because that was the only one within. I think so. Paint Branch Stream Valley. Fairland Recreational Park and Edgewood Local Park, neighborhood park, actually. Um, all the others are certainly accessible and able, able to be used by residents and uh, workers within the plan area, but they're not something we would be making recommendations on. That was really the focus. Got it. Okay. All right. Just, you know, I, I always have my park hat on <laughs> that I shouldn't have all the time. I have a park set at home. There, hey. <laughs> um, on your on the demographics, there's a little bit of uh, confusion in my own head to know that that the um, the plan area is much different than the study area. I think is the other word. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure you keep on reminding people that you're dealing with a smaller area to the larger area. Yeah, a lot of the demographic statistics are based on the study area, which is highlighted in yellow in one of those graphics. 13. Map 13? Map 3, page 13, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so on map 3 and page 13, the study area is highlighted in yellow, and the master plan boundary is highlighted in black, right. a black well, park line. Yeah, right. Once okay. you get back to text, you, you just say, state the obvious. <laughs> it's much more. And as long as we're on page 13, let's go to page 14. Um, 
uh, where you have a comment on uh, EFAs, and it says uh, communities located within EFAs may experience the highest inequities when it comes to access to transportation, bobs, job opportunities, environmental and recreational amenities, and other resources. Uh, and the the comments above it uh, only point to uh, income differences between equity areas and, and others. I think your statement may in fact be true, but I think it would be more beneficial to just say equity areas were identified by XYZ. That is, they were low-income areas, they were areas of racial uh, uh, diversity, and I forgot the other criteria. Language, I think, is the other aspect. Um, maybe what makes it hard to connect these is that we do call out the definition for EFAs as a footnote here. That may not be the best way to work it into the, the reading um, yeah. flow. Um, I think there is a certain definition for EFAs and how they were determined, how they're mapped. I think the statement that you read first that is um, explaining how we believe people experience their life in those EFAs is sort of trying to take it a step further and understand what we think these people are experiencing that live here. Um, what are some of the opportunities that they might uh, need to have a more successful life? Um, and so the data doesn't necessarily um, back up this transportation access, the environmental recreation amenities in every EFA, but in general those are the kinds of um, issues that we think people struggle with in these areas as well. And so that is, it's helping to explain to the reader in our minds why we have recommendations later in the plan to address those issues. I actually like the words may struggle with and may experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why, but uh, I, I just don't want to speculate on experiences that we haven't documented. But again, this is just me. Well, it'd be great to hear from the board um, on some of these decisions before we move on so we know what direction we have. Any comments? No comments. No comments. Okay. Um, I, I found the whole uh, economic um, context very informative, specifically noting just uh, 32,000 square feet of development in decades and heavily concentrated in office. By the way, I'm old enough to know that this was uh, the CMP telephone company. Mm -hmm. The Fairland Data not, Center was, not, yeah. Not, not Verizon. <laughs> and they were the, a major employer. It was a very big deal when, when the Bell system collapsed for this thing. Um, I, while you're there, I just want to note that also um, the heavily concentrated office space between um, Verizon and Seventh Day um, Adventist is about 95% of the total office space. So we're going to add that to okay. this section as well. Great. So it's a significant uh, yeah. amount of office space that's being utilized by Verizon and Seventh-day Adventist. Good addition. Um, on the next page, 16, did, uh, outside of these offices, the, the, 
the plan areas few local serving office and retail have seen little uh, leasing activity. I don't know that you want to make the judgment of too little uh, leasing activity uh, just because it's judgmental in the, in the part that you're just trying to give context. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Um, again, poor Verizon. Uh, uh, when in housing context, I think you have, uh, uh, you can restate what our objective is by stating that the forecast is for 31,000 people first, uh, jobs first, and then say, and by the way, we want 10,000 above it. Mm -hmm. Switch the mention. Sw switch it. it. You know, 31,000, I think, is bigger than 10,000. So it's the bigger idea. I think there was a time when the 10,000 was the biggest news. Like, oh, there's more. <laughs> right. And we already have 31. <laughs> but, but it's yeah. 10,000 compared to what? <laughs> you know, it, it's always the what. Um, and here's a, a generic. It's uh, the first one I see I marked was... Uh, on page 18. Sometimes this plan uses the term planning staff. Sometimes it uses uh, uh, plan, uh, planning department. Sometimes it uses, I forgot the other phrase. But watch out for your usage and be mm -hmm. consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes I think uh, where, where it's it's future-oriented, I would think that it would say this plan recommends as, or, as opposed to endorses rather than the staff or the department because this will be adopted by the council. So it's a much bigger thing than just us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when you get to implementation, if that, is, if that item is going to be implemented by the planning department, that's where you say that. Mm -hmm. But make it the bigger deal, mm -hmm. uh, I think. You know, don't, don't be focused on us. Right. The plan does start here, and we coordinate with other agencies, but ultimately it is uh, an animal of the county at large. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a generic. I mean, there's uh, lots of places in this uh, that you get it. I, I, please go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to jump on before we uh, swap past... Uh, Page 19. On table two, um, auto accessible jobs, are we, so we, we have countywide and within the planning area, and we have 1.1 million countywide, and we have 1.1 million within the planning area. Are we indicating that all the jobs within the county are auto accessible? Because like right below it, we have transit accessible jobs, and we have a difference between the countywide and the, and the plan-wide numbers. I just wanted to double check on that part right. of table two. Now I'm wondering if that is correct, because it, it really might need to be a different metric. Um, no, that's, that's what my table has here. I think it's essentially because you can get to the same places. Auto-wise versus trans. By yeah. car. I, I was just curious on that one, because we, we've got from auto-accessible, splitting the count, you know, trans accessible, we have the county-wide is 130,000 and the 28,000 within the plan. When you get down area. to the, the yeah. smaller numbers, the table here for county-wide mm -hmm. is 1,140,208 mm -hmm. 
plan area at one million one hundred and four thousand. <laughs> and so they that's round thirty thousand. <laughs> but yeah, one point one looks the same. That's what I was wondering. I was just I was curious about that because it's it, we look like we're measuring county. You know, yeah, in the plan. We're trying not to be too precise as well because it's a projection estimate. This is the second. Uh, one in a row where we've had a discussion of where to put the decimal place. That makes me a very happy person. I do have one here. You should have been up at the council this morning when they're talking about the decimal place to the 10,000th place on the, on the tax rate. I will rate. happily leave that one to there you, you go. Jeff. That's good. Uh, right. I congratulate the staff on staying up to date with the pedestrian plan here uh, on having those areas that, that uh, with pedestrian levels of comfort, and the bike plan is a little bit older, but you know we're dealing with both of those. And mm -hmm. I was looking for that here. And we'll have better maps. It. We'll have better maps in the next version. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to me. Right. Um, page twenty-one. Another uh, thing you might look for throughout this. It says, uh, according to the latest projections. Well, this might be published in what year, and I might read it in <clears throat> ten years later. So I won't know what the latest projection was 10 years from now. So tell me when I'm projecting. Um, I know it's a nit. It's a, it's a bad thing. But you asked for all this stuff. Yes, I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really good with a, a lot of it. The, some of the, the generics I had with, with terms I'll give you now. Um, I know compact development is something defined in Thrive and all of that, but when it comes to an individual site or something, I don't know what it is except uh, taller instead of a bigger footprint. Um, so I I'm sure that's not what you mean all the time, but if you could define compact in a way that makes sense for the context in which you are using the word. Mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, in one place you said, make the area more compact. Well, the area is the area. You're not reducing the land area you're talking about. It's still this, you see what the mental mm -hmm. problem sure. we're having? I understand it, yeah. It, it's that difference really talking between more about what happens on a site yeah. and, mm -hmm. and what happens in, in uh, a general area. Yeah. if you will. It's a development pattern. Or right, the, the, it's a development it. pattern. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, um, caused me some consternation as I was reading through it. Um, because, uh, and then every now and then when you have a series of, of statements uh, preceded by a, a verb or an adverb or whatever. You got to make sure it makes sense. And uh, uh, page 34 is, is uh, a place where I thought it did not, where it says, increasing the inventory design and environmental safety of parks. Well, we're not increasing the design, but that's how that reads. Maybe if there's no design, we want to add more, but I think it's that, improvement to that. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep saying Enhancing, this. Enhancing, improving, that's really a better way to state it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we can we can clean those things up. Uh, for the record, Patrick Butler, I'll just say we were not uh, suggesting that we're going to compact the land area anymore. That we were talking about uh, Thrive's goal of a compact form of development in oh, within the land area. Yeah, we'll we'll clarify those things. So, uh, look, I didn't have one problem with a major uh, decision point recommendation in this. Sure, I'm I'm quibbling because you had me read it a couple of times. Oh, we yep, want to improve. Yep, the appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and remember, with regard to design, I am from New Jersey, which means I don't know what beautiful means, but I sure do know what ugly means. It so what I part know of the, the inverse of, of, of design, not, not the promotion of design. So, you know, I have that problem. Uh, others are better at it than I am. I'll leave it to those who are better. But let's not increase design because I'm not sure what that means. Okay. Can I make a uh, sure a very a very minor uh, typo issue on page 26? I think okay. um, the the parenthetical on C map I think should be inside the period and not outside the period <laughs> because it's like that I think throughout the rest of the thing. I used to work as an editor oh. of an <laughs> academic journal and there's. If, if Brain you want, things you can't turn off. Bill, Sorry. If you want to go through the whole document and give I it to I can do a word <laughs> search on that. I can do a control F and I'll, I'll make those changes. I, just, yeah. I, was, I was actually double checked. It can change depending on what style you're using, but I think it's consistent throughout the rest of the document. But I, I, I used to edit, so there's sometimes it comes uh, Another generic word that I sometimes had problems with throughout the plan was prioritize. Because sometimes I think you meant. Uh, um, this is what we want, and and sometimes it, it is uh, between these two things. Do the do such and so f first, but but it seems to me it was rarely the second one, and, and mostly saying uh, something more directive. So if you're saying. Uh, uh, prioritize major development at, at intersections. Well, the plan gets development as developers come in with it. We don't, we, we can't say do this one first. We can say the infrastructure we do first. Mm -hmm. we, we can say other things with, with that regard. But uh, I, I had trouble with the word use. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you could review that throughout the document. We can, I understand. Uh, what you're saying. I, I think sometimes we use that word as a focus in the plan area that sets up why a recommendation focuses on increased density or more uh, amenities at a certain intersection versus anywhere else in the plan area itself. So it's sort of envisioning that this is the priority here and then go see the recommendations for how that might be done. But I, I take your point. We need to be careful with that word. Look, page 40 is where you were exactly right, where you said prioritize NPDUs among the list of things that, that are uh, public benefits. Perfect sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's not cl that clear on, on other areas. Mm -hmm. um, well, can I make a comment on yes, that? Yes, please. I'm sorry. I don't mean to monopolize. No, but no. I'm uh, in regard, because, we, again, we discussed that, uh, and that's what I see. And a lot of areas, as you mentioned, they have these intersections that it needs to be worked at. And 
if it is prioritized, it could be helped. But uh, I believe, but you correct me if I'm wrong, with DOT, with the capital improvement, they have a lot of projects that is intersection improvements that we could do that and prioritizing them. It helps us not to wait for the, con uh, for the developers. If there is a big intersection that needs to be improved, I don't believe we should wait for a developer. We should deal with, uh, talk with DOT, and they have means in their capital improvement program sure. for this intersection improvement that it could be done. Right. So I, I actually like that you have that prioritization, and it would be good that we have a list of which ones they are, or maybe work with DOT and see that which one are the most dangerous one. I do not know if we have done that assessment. I believe DOT used to have it in those areas. Sure. And, and pick those areas, and uh, there are other means than development to pursue. Because the way I saw it, a lot of things in, in this master plan takes time. It may not happen within the next 20 years. It's a vision. And, um, you know, I see all the vision that we have, but some are needed and they need to be done within the next 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It's not something that we want to weigh. And I, I think, I, I, I don't know how many times I've said this, I, we have to have the humility that, that today's problems are yesterday's solutions so that you know that you're causing somebody a problem in the, f in the future. You just want to be gentle about it. And, and one of the comments we heard in testimony was that we have to provide for uh, transitioning for the minor development and how we approve that, even though it might be under our, uh, our uh, optional method standards, essentially. Uh, because there's existing development there and that they're adding to. So they're already over 0.5 FER, mm -hmm. and they want to do the 180 square feet more. Well, do they have to comply with all of their requirements? We should have a section that deals with getting to the future, that we won't be there tomorrow, that, that it will take some transition because everything can't start with with access to the street and and parking areas on the backside uh, because that will just mean that all those places need two entrances and then you're creating a barrier to to their development as well i think so, we agree and I, I think there's areas of the plan which do talk to short-term long-term approaches for certain areas um, so I think we have taken that approach in some of these activity centers where we're setting up what might need to happen in the short term with property improvements, changes, small renovations, and then what's the long-term approach. Um, but if there's other areas that you can find or suggest for us to consider. It, well, particularly it was in the, the auto park section. Sure. And, and that's where the, that comment came from in testimony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we and will actually touch on that. Um, if not today, then next week. Okay. On some of those comments, yeah. Um, 
one more comment that we are talking about this transitioning. Um, you know, I lived in this county for seven, eight years. Um, in a lot of things in master plan are market driven. And if the market is not there, it may not happen. Uh, and we know that the East County has not had the same opportunity than the West County or Bethesda or Silver Spring. Um, I do not know that if there are sections or areas that it could be done to work with the economic development and mm -hmm. other agencies to is as much as we are intentional with equity, we be intentional with bringing the econ economy and market to the East County. Um, just an idea. I do yeah. not know if we include those in master plan or so on, but if we be intentional, it's like the way that we are intentional to make Montgomery County to be the center of, uh, you know, bioscience and health. And maybe something similar or smaller aspect for the East County to make them to be market driven. Yeah, I think you're right that um, essentially development is up to uh, developers and property owners and, and tenants who want to come into a market. Um, what we see is this master plan is preparing the ground for possibilities in the future also looking at potential investments and improvements in the public realm, parks, streets, um, that might encourage and support that kind of thing. Um, I do think we mention um, involvement by the Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation in some small ways. We're not necessarily telling them what their work program needs to be, or they already have programs, really, that are involved in the community. But that's certainly one tool in the toolbox to help accomplish more attention and development in East County. Um, I don't know that the master plan is going to solve all of those issues, but we're trying to anticipate some of the potential that could be uh, laid in the groundwork to support future development. Yeah, I was just talking about some kind of roadmap to help for the economy, like the roadmap that we provide for other things. We have a section for bringing economy and the market driven to help that the master plan ideas come to reality. Yeah, that might be an addition to the plan is to call for development of that sort of roadmap, whatever the term is. Um, I can't think off the top of my head that we are looking at that kind of effort. So that, that could be a useful addition to um, maybe community health you know, implementation section. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm sort of on page 54. Uh, remember I said you were using the phrase uh, planning staff. Here you use the phrase Montgomery planning. And in a lot of these sections, <coughs> it says Montgomery planning supports or should support. Well, gee, I, I think the plan should say this plan supports as opposed to saying what should be. Because if this plan doesn't support X or Y, whatever is below that, the uh, council will tell us it doesn't. Uh, but it's not us, it's, it's, it's the plan. It's a big, mm -hmm. broader, you know. We might have been a little myopic thinking it, it, about uh, us, but. Uh, uh, I think, yeah. but you have a whole number of, of those where, where, the, where it's either Montgomery planning or Montgomery parks. 
you know. I mean, as you probably noticed, there are specific mentions of agencies and departments when they have the responsibility for certain things. So I think we want to make sure that we are um, calling attention to the right um, group who would take some of these things on. But I think there's mentions of, um, you know, the plan. There, there could be more mentions of the plan does this than there is today. I, I wouldn't want to take out all mentions of all agencies because it's important for some to see that, oh, this is my project. I need and, to pick this up. And it's most important for them to see it in the implementation sure, section. I agree. You know, and at some point, you know, if we're really good at, uh, at a computer, uh, we should have tables that people could sort the way they wanted. So mm -hmm. if DEP just wanted to see what whatever DEP was responsible for, they could sort the table that way. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to do it 20 ways. Our know. table's not that long, so right. it shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> and, and while we're on page uh, 54, uh, recommendation number two and three really speak to the economics. We There's a... Um, report called the um, Montgomery County Climate Action Plan, but also the um, High Road Inclusion Framework for an Equitable Climate Ready Economy. Uh, we are kind of zeroing in on the opportunity to um, leverage this food network that we're talking about with green jobs. And um, so by, by creating a local food system, by promoting um, maker spaces, manufacturing spaces, also budding food businesses. Um, there's also a relationship to what uh, WorkSource Montgomery is doing with promoting green jobs in general. So um, I think we're zeroing in on an issue for Fairland and Briggs Cheney, specifically around food, but also connecting it back to the economy. Uh, and I, th I think that was all really good and really directive. And I still think it's within the um, uh, bigger umbrella of social equity. But that, uh, I keep on trying to help somebody else. <laughs> yeah, before you go from I also want to let you know that we have um, some sections here. We're starting to get into other chapters. We wanted to cover some of the testimony on some of these other chapters. We're happy to go through it page by page as well. Um, but at, at, by your direction, uh, please let us know how you want to proceed. We have oh, some testimony if, if on you have, things. If you have more you would like to go through, I thought you were just... Leaving it open for That was just the first chapter. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry, I didn't make that clear. Just while we are at it. Then, just then, then I made lots of comments yeah. uh, out of turn. That's okay. I wrote um, while we are here, I just say because we're on page 54, so I just add to it. Um, again, it's parks and open space goals. Uh, we, again, talk about it. Activation is very important. I, I think that many of the parks that is there, it's, we have specifically for land, it's very nice, amazing park. It's underutilized, so activation is something. And I saw at the very beginning you talk about it, that it needs to be activated, but one statement in here would help. Thanks. Okay. Please, let's go, let's go through housing. All if right. you it have won't be as long that as I haven't mentioned the previous. <laughs> Uh, so there was a request, again, by the Maryland Department of Planning uh, to include definitions for various types of housing affordability. Good um, idea. It may have been touched on somewhere in the plan, but it's not easily found. So we're suggesting we could add definitions in the glossary for low-income housing, 
moderately priced dwelling unit, that's the program called MPDUs, and workforce housing, which is a little more squishy and everyone kind of calls it something else, but we do have a definition here. Okay. As well as referencing a um, countywide housing needs assessment uh, to be consistent with Thrive. So we could throw that in as a reference in the plan. I have a quick, a quick question. Do we have um, anywhere a decision or policy made on whether we use workforce housing, naturally occurring affordable housing? Do we have a consistent policy on that? I'm going to ask our housing extraordinaire Sorry, planner to come up, Lisa <laughs> Gavani. Um, I don't know the answer to that. So we, for, for workforce housing, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, Lisa Gavoni for the record, for workforce housing, as Clark alluded to, it's a little bit squishy. Yeah. Um, so we actually have a workforce housing program mm -hmm. that is dedicated, set aside for rental or home ownership at 80 to 120 percent. It's not a requirement like the MPDU yeah. program, but it's usually done in conjunction with publicly owned land yeah. or, um, uh, th or uh, other type of development where developer might choose to do that. No. Um, the state, it's a little bit squishier. It's just talking about that range of income and who it should serve. So we tried to make that distinction clear in the definition. Okay. Um, for naturally occurring affordable housing, we do have a definition that's not in county code, but it's generally housing that is, has no subsidy attached to it. So that's 80% AMI or below. Okay, we have 80, 80 AMI for NOAA and then yes. 80 to 120 for workforce. Okay, thanks. Okay, these are good additions. Um, so next, in just how we crafted this presentation, we're presenting the goals and recommendations for housing. We didn't intend to talk through them one by one. They're really just here as reminders in case you wanted to bring up anything. These are you know, the summaries of those recommendations, not the full language. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have any other housing comments or questions, um, we would love to entertain those now. I think it's number, uh, I'm looking through number. There, we mentioned naturally occurring affordable housing, I think, in here at one point. Um, it specifically is one of the recommendations. I think it might be useful to include definitions and make sure that we're clear on which of those is, is what in there. And it, it's, where is it? I didn't mark it on this one I have open. Top of page it's 41. Recommendation number four, page 41. One. That's exactly right. Yeah. And just, um, other, otherwise, I, I really liked this section. I thought it was very, I thought it was very good. Did right. we have we didn't have any testimony about in, increasing affordable or MPDU specifically subsidized affordable within I don't remember from the top of my head. Not testimony okay. that I can think of, but I know we heard in our community meetings mm -hmm. and outreach with the community that um, many people in the community are welcoming more housing, a range of housing prices. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be a community that MPDUs are concentrated in, or income restricted units, or affordable housing is concentrated in. Um, there's already a lot of market rate or naturally occurring affordable housing. Just because we're in a very expensive county, it tends mm -hmm. to be more affordable in this part of the county versus others. Um, but we heard a lot of interest in, yes, bring on more options. I can move across the street if it's a newer unit, mm -hmm. or if I want to afford something else or can't afford it and need something a little cheaper. So, um, but not that there would, that we didn't hear that there's a need for more MPDUs. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I just... There always will be MPDUs included in a housing project if it's over a certain number of units and there's a percentage for that. And we make a recommendation for percentages, but not the higher tier that the county 
applies. Uh, there's other parts of the county that need that higher tier to help balance out the affordability metrics. Um, so we have some parks-related transportation testimony that came in, um, a question about um, who and what agencies would be responsible for developing these inner and outer trail and path loops. We sort of allude that it goes throughout parklands, roadways, maybe some HOAs and private property, um, but there was a question from a commenter about um, how they would be implemented, who would be responsible. So we're uh, suggesting this red line text at the bottom uh, to consider adding to this recommendation 3C31 that would still sort of leave it up to, depending on where it is, but identify that there are different um, agencies or entities that are responsible depending on where you are. That's good. Um, and again, just some goals that get to um, improving transportation throughout the parks. And I just wanted to remind you that we're going to save transportation for the next work session, so we'll go in more detail with modeling and things. Right. Uh, community health and culture section. I guess we can call it a chapter. It's kind of a short <laughs> chapter. Um, we didn't receive any public testimony on recommendations or attentions in this area, and now we're just listing the goals for this section and recommendations in case there was any interest to cover those. You may want to come back and just give us, you know, let's go to this page. That's fine, too. This is just how we organized it um, in the first place. Parks and public open space. So there was testimony with a concern that um, there was a recommendation for a three-acre contiguous public open space as part of major redevelopment and a possible location of a major public facility in addition to that in the auto sales park. So this is called out in the district area, um, the Activity Center and uh, Main Street District along Briggs-Cheney Road. Um, and I think there was concern that there was lack of clarity on what was the threshold, what was the trigger for this to take place. Um, and we agree that that is in need of improvement. Um, so we don't have necessarily red line language, but we can craft something as you direct us to um, that talks more about um, in the event of significant large-scale redevelopment. Um, to meet the intent of this recommendation, you know, it's really intended to be if a big part or many properties are transitioned into something else. If it's a whole new town center or a new uh, college development, that's when we would want that three-acre contiguous parcel. Not necessarily if a single property was um, renovating, adding on to, or doing minor renovation, minor changes. That's not the point of the threshold. So we'd want to make it clear to the public, the tenant, the property owner, the staff that's looking at development applications, um, how that would come into place, um, but really looking for direction from you as to what you think that should that trigger should be um, as far as what text to edit. I mean, the question is whether you have an acreage threshold on, on I, I don't know the size of the parcels there to say that, you know, combining three parcels will always be over 10 acres or something. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, three acres is, uh, on 10 acres is a third of the site, so mm -hmm. you want more than that. Right. Uh, you know, you want to make it a reasonable within what you're asking. So generally, you know, the minimum we used to ask for is 10%. That was the absolute Right, minimum. that's still in place. Yeah, that, that would not change. This, I think this recommendation is because of our... Parks Department wants to see 
um, when there is a large-scale development project, you can get 10%, but split up and chopped up in a bunch of different places. It might be a little uh, quarter acre park over here, right. some <coughs> landscaping over here. Um, they're looking for, if you're really doing something drastic and dramatic, maybe is the better word for it, that it be contiguous and unified, one, one place that can become a plaza or a park. That's, that's the reason for the contigu contiguous nature and the size of it to be able to accommodate a large population, large amount of visitors, uh, events, that kind of thing. I, I think come up with a draft recommendation for us because sitting here I can't tell you a size or a FAR or a okay, we can't square footage yeah. trigger. We weren't able to bring something forward to you today, but we can certainly do that if you're right. in agreement. Let me ask you, is this other park old with by owner, or is it different parcels? Because they may go under different pieces of development. Yeah, it's then many different parcels. Uh, there's one owner that owns a couple different properties that are scattered in the auto sales park along Briggs Cheney. So, so it would have to be consolidated into yeah. one to really to achieve this, that. Because if it is each parcel and each parcel would be developed separately, then you may not get that three acre con right. uh, that you are asking sure. for. So, and you don't want to stop one parcel of development before, you know, it may not be possible to have them all under one thing, so. That's right. That's yeah. exactly the challenge. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we'll clarify. So, yeah, there's two different approaches. One would be sort of, you know, property by property or some, some close, uh, you know, idea to that. And another would be sort of a larger redevelopment of the area. And that's, that's what this clearly gets to is sort of a larger redevelopment. But if that doesn't happen, there needs to be a plan in place for the incremental development of the area. And, and what does that look like and how do we meet this recommendation so we'll we'll add some clarifying language for that uh, in general I'm a fan of being flexible and provide flexibility in the master plan an easy way to access you know to achieve that goal rather than be specific with one number that one mm -hmm. number may not work if things doesn't happen that way mm -hmm. that we think it may happen and then it's going to be against master plan. Master plan, I don't know if it makes sense to have a specific number in master plan, but if you say the intent that may work, that the intent is that if the whole thing would be uh, developed, you don't want pieces of park. I totally understand what park staff are asking because we ended up exactly to that. But if we be very clear of intent, with no specific number, uh, that would give us the yeah. flexibility to reach to that place. Yeah, God forbid it's 120,000 square foot instead of three acres. <laughs> you you, you, you know, you have to leave yourself some room. Mm -hmm. right. If I may, you know, in for other master plans, uh, we have <laughs> we have in the past put a range. Um, but the problem with the range is people always go with the lower lower number, and so I think when you put in a minimum, at least our starting point is is identified and it's pretty clear as to what we feel like that acreage should be. For a site like this, I know with other master plans for larger sites, um, the first one in whether it's a consolidated piece or whether it's a smaller piece that might um, that we might see expansion of. 
we usually would ask for some kind of overall master plan for that site that would identify kind of a design and a location for things like open space. And so we might get, similar to how you get streetscape or sidewalk improvements, you know, you would get a portion of that open space here. And then when the next group came in, we'd continue that, that piece of the puzzle uh, and ultimately and hopefully get the larger open space of the park. I mean, that's in a, that's in a very hopeful world that that happens in very long term, we do understand. But, um, you know, from, uh, for staff, especially for our parks department and for this staff, that would go through any kind of regulatory um, functions. We definitely want to have something that's a minimum so that we, we can strive to that. That does provide some flexibility for us. Uh, but I think the direction here is you need to set a bar, um, and if that bar is uh, either too low or too high, I think that's what the staff is asking for, uh, is to help identify that. And then there's the aspect of how big the park should be, but then what is the trigger for right. applying that park? What size of development or scale of development triggers it? Yeah, I mean, at least with regard to the size of the park itself, it, it should be what functions do you want in a park? You know, do I want to play softball there? Uh, I don't think I want to play softball in three acres, but... The right, no, we have a park for that, Fairland Rec Park that's <laughs> nearby. Yeah, this but, would but be you, a different type of park. You see, you might, a gathering space for X number, for at least whatever, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, this is an art form that we'd like to see your first draft. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, again, reiterating the goals. Here's a map of the public and private open spaces. And, and Jeff, I mean, Commissioner uh, Science, I just wanted to let you know um, all of the parks are identified. The parks and rec spaces, community rec there, spaces yeah, right. are identified here. So um, there are a few that are outside, the majority of which are outside of our master plan boundary. Nobody sees the boundaries of this planning area when they live somewhere. That's true, and that's why we didn't hold to the plan area when we were contemplating these loops. Essentially, there are trails already through right. many of these parks. We want to connect them together better. Um, but that those loops go beyond our master plan area where people are living and moving uh, beyond those porous borders. Um, so there, this is just a matter of um, completing the gaps, connecting the gaps. Yeah. And a list of recommendations. This gets a little small because there's a lot here, especially <laughs> when you're talking about district recommendations. Uh, but you can certainly see them in your plan. And we can come back to them if you have a certain page number in mind. Next on community facilities, um, we're getting into the schools conversation here. So we had testimony from Montgomery County Public Schools. Um, First of all, with a number of clarifying terms and procedures, just correcting things, and those are easy to make. Um, what department is responsible? How, how does this work? Um, they're also asking to remove the word uh, acquisition or acquiring in a list of possible methods to uh, obtain a future school site, should it be determined to be needed as uh, growth takes place, both within and uh, from without the plan area. Um, you know, I. From what I understand with our uh, school's planning team, um, MCPS does, is not typically, does not typically undertake acquisition of property. They typically receive it through dedication or 
it's already been reserved or they use sites that they lease that they open again. And so um, I don't know that removing this word would preclude that possibility, but they're just, I think they're telling us we're not going to be buying a site for a school. It's going to happen either from a very large site, um, it'll be a conversion of a site that they already own that's not a school that can become a school. Um, so we agree with this change of removing that word, even though it still would be a possibility. Okay, yeah. If it makes the schools happy. <laughs> Next. Um, in addition, uh, we, uh, comments from MCPS, Montgomery County Public Schools, um, asking to remove a sentence about a certain property, the Fairland Center, which is at the southeast corner of Old Columbia Pike and Fairland Road. It's a holding school for students who need to relocate during a school renovation project. So it's not a, a full-scale school now. Um, our recommendation in the plan is saying that if there's extended periods of idle time of the center, um, MCPS should consider other uses just to keep it an active place. It's not just a, um, an un unutilized property. You know, they're telling us in their testimony that we would make that decision anyway. We probably would anyway, but um, so we, we sort of disagree with taking it out because it's already their policy, but uh, this is what they're asking us to do. I, I agree with your disagreement. <laughs> Leave it in. Uh, and let's see, uh, because that's what you want to do with the site. You, you, you know, um, why have, why say you want it idle, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is the... <laughs> Which is the other? I think there are a number of recommendations that are already done or would be done anyway. It's sort of just our way to bring right. it back to light and yeah. you know, elucidate those ideas. Just a quick, um, and I'm looking to hopefully it's a perfect place to bring it up. I noticed when we're reading through it that there are no libraries within the plan area, and it says that I think there are two that are outskirts, outskirts kind of sort of outside. And it says, you know, no. Um, no additional libraries, rec centers are, are expected to be in there. Is there something we, are they close enough? Is that enough? We, we've got a lot of density right there. We, we, I mean, we drove around, we talked about it. Are they close enough for people to get to them? Are they accessible from where those folks are? I know the distance doesn't look all that great, but are people able to get, get around to at least the libraries and the other sort of public facilities that are necessary? I mean, yes, I think the libraries are close enough. Um, uh, we also see that the community center, the East County Community Center, is a, is a great place for programming too, yeah. and um, is a is a resource that they're very familiar with already. They use that facility heavily, and our recommendations actually say to expand that facility. That's yeah. so. Um, I think that's how we're we're speaking to the need to, um, you know, increase programming, and it could also include um, space for reading. And studying, which is one of the things that is heavily used right now. I just know we focused a lot, sort of, on the the Montgomery County uh, College, Montgomery College, as an aspect in the higher education. I was just curious about the library. I know that there's those, you know, those locations there, and I think the programming is good. I was just curious. I mean, distance-wise, of accessibility and be able to get to those and, and make sure that they have that that sort of facility is there that we need. And those are two different things. You yeah. could drive to either the White Oak mm -hmm. at New Hampshire and US 29 or the Maryland Prisoner up on Old Columbia. Mm -hmm. But are they accessible if you can't drive or don't drive? Um, that was one of the that was yeah. that was one of the things I was thinking about is, is there are there is public county land and and locations there that that center and everything. And so can we should should we consider thinking about 
putting it in the master plan to encourage not only more programming but more stuff to be located there is that a possibility or is that too much in that location and I'm, I'm really kind of asking what the capacity right. is oh, so, that's uh, a possibility it, yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, you know tagging along to what's because I, I I had I was at the OMB budget analyst, mm -hmm. and I had the libra library portfolios. Uh, so I think that uh, the, li uh, the library department, they do have, uh, you know, a unit that looks at mm -hmm. uh, properties and where and they have their own capital improvement yeah, program also. They have a plan, future plan for libraries and where they put them and how to co-locate it. And also I know that DGS is working very hard with co-location uh, of different facilities. Mm -hmm. And so I do not know that in here that has been incorporated with, with <clears throat> uh, you know, DGS and direct department and the library about all of this public entity that what is their future plan? If you look at their capital improvement, they have a plan for the future libraries mm -hmm. and what is their plan and how they do it. Right. I don't know that there are any library facilities identified here, maybe some co-location opportunities, um, but it's such a small plan area yeah. by okay. geography that I think it would be hard to fit in a full new library here in that case. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. there's other amenities. I, I was just but. talking about coordination to yeah. see what it is maybe around that that could benefit mm -hmm. this area. I don't know. Yeah. Just in answer to his question. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about I was thinking about where I live in Twinbrook and the distance it takes me to go to my library. There's a Rockville County Library. I know I can get over to Aspen. I'm, I'm looking at my radius and the amount of community facilities I have within a fairly small area and they're, you know, reasonably close to, to where I live. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure you're right. I, I, we, we drove around it today. It's small. It's a lot of, you know, there's there's be, there's a lot of things there, and it is it's it is compact area. But as we go through that, I just wanted to, to, to highlight that when we're talking about community facilities, that that is a, that, that's, that's an interesting lack that's right there. And I know that we have close to the plan area, and it's sort of within where we're, we're measuring. But it's an interesting lack, I think, in that area. You're talking about the East County Recreation Center property when we, Yeah. Right? Okay. And where we went for the, I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head, because <laughs> I didn't mark it on this one. I'm looking at the one that was online, and I don't have my notes right now, because I didn't plan that well. Uh, but yeah, I, there were a couple of county locations, if there's opportunity to bring programming, or at least mention that in the plan, that there is that there are community spaces, there are there are... There is some capacity, there is some, you know, investment there to, to be able to have that as close as possible and within as much um, as accessible both walking, you know, walking, walking, biking on the bus and everything as, as possible, you know, as opposed to just sort of noting in passing that we've got some things that are half a mile, you know, up this way, kind of, and then some down here about a mile into a completely different sets of plan, plan areas. And I know, like Jeff was saying, there, we don't see the boundaries when you're walking, when you're in and just living in the area, but it is something to note that we be, we mentioned in passing that there are no libraries and we do have some community facilities. So some, something I was thinking about as I was reading through just to, to People see the boundaries when we're in a public meeting and showing them. And showing they, them they, the they didn't know that <laughs> before. You know. I see the boundaries. I have many versions yeah. of And them. then you give them a test after the meeting. Yeah, I see them when I close my eyes. <laughs> okay. But thank you. I know it's, it's, a, it's just a, a thought. That's good. Moving into historic preservation, cultural resources, uh, we didn't get any public testimony on the recommendations or 
um, goals in this section. Uh, we do have one proposed staff revision that would add a um, attention to an opportunity to partner with the State Department of uh, uh, Highways Administration um, to look at really defining where this uh, Conway Jackson Cemetery is. There's no uh, clear understanding about where it is in the US 29 ICC right-of-way area. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just a, a feeling that this really needs to be identified and marked and, and uh, inventoried as a, an intention here. So that would be one addition to this recommendation that seeks to preserve burial sites in general. This is calling attention to this one in particular. Right. It's a, it's a cemetery. We don't know the, the extent of the boundaries. Is Not the exact location. I, that's my understanding. Good comment, yeah. then. Absolutely. I think this is an extract from the plan. I think we show it in a general place, kind of where Briggs-Cheney Bridge it goes over US-29. But I think it's the mouse. Sorry, I'm trying to circle. It's very slow. Yeah, here, here, here you said commemorate the Briggs-Cheney Road Bridge as the Melinda Jackson Memorial Bridge. Um, yeah, I think that's a naming um, opportunity, whether it's a sign or an arch. Uh, you know, the, We didn't want to be too specific, but I think we could list examples of how that could occur. W was it already renamed? Is that or It's just named for the road that goes over it. Um, but we see an opportunity to bring in historical feet, uh, characters from the past of this community to um, celebrate them, acknowledge them. So right now it's the Briggs-Cheney Road Bridge? If it even has a name. It might have a number. I'm not sure. Got it. Okay. That, that was not clear to me that it was It's a not re a recommemorate. It's, it's just really calling the bridge something so it's announced and known right. in the community. No, understood. Uh, well, I hope we could persuade. Yeah, I, I might, it must be uh, MDOT. Yeah, probably an SHA uh, effort uh, in coordination with maybe other departments as well and how to put the signage up and who maintains right. it, that kind of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we're just listing here some of the recommendations from the historic preservation section as a reminder. And that concludes our coverage of testimony, uh, some staff revisions. Um, we have an upcoming schedule here. As you know, we'll meet with you next week to talk about more land use, transportation, some environment issues, um, not only with testimony, but some ideas that um, we've been ruminating on and want to ask your direction for further revisions to the plan, uh, mostly clarifications, improvements. Um, and I would love to entertain any other comments if you want to go back to looking at pages, if you made notes in the plan, uh, whatever else you want to bring up. Uh, personally, I, I've exhausted myself, and I'm sure you. I'm not tired yet, no. <laughs> if you've exhausted your notes, that's I, okay. Again, uh, you know, I, uh, I was struck by some words and how you use them. And, uh, you know, I mentioned three of them already. The, the other one is support. And sometimes I think you really mean uh, uh, designate or do 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 something more than just support. So what, just what, look for that term <laughs> and see what you're trying to do with it. I think it is somewhat of a passive term intentionally. 
where we don't know that we can um, be definitive about something or that we're not, um, that there may be someone else responsible for it that the master plan can't uh, assign. So it. You it, could always say this plan. Sure, okay. Da 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 da. But uh, it was one of those words that hit me. Uh, anybody else? Wow. Uh, and again, just so everybody knows, timing for uh, Commissioner uh, Panera and myself, uh, our last meeting is June 8th. Uh, so your schedule is such that we'll hear it, and that's terrific, just so everybody knows we stay on that schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's only fair. We expect you <laughs> to be here when it's Both staff and to the board. <laughs> okay. Anything else? No? All right. I think uh, if you have nothing more, we'll, we'll come back uh, on the 25th and proceed to proceed. Uh, please get out the memo for that as soon as you can so mm -hmm. people have time with it. Okay. And okay. that'll be helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay? Thanks. Uh, can we make a thank you for the, the tour this morning? That was quite. Quite helpful and very informative. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. You're welcome. I went Thanks on the tour us. on a different location. Uh, I had been in the same location, area. different time. Right. Sorry to interrupt you, but it was the same <laughs> right. same route. Hopefully, we went to the same place. All right. Right. <laughs> we were in the, the same place. You know, I I hadn't been out here for 15 years, really, and it, it was really something to see it when somebody else is driving and you get to pay attention to the locations. Mm -hmm. right. And, and I think what most people never see is is old Columbia Pike because everybody's on Columbia Pike, mm -hmm. and, and they don't understand that land area from the other side yeah. uh, of what the facing side of 29. And and then when you go back by the by the um, auto park and the residential area to the north yeah. on Castle east, it, it, it's just amazing. Uh, uh, what is there uh, and very eye-opening. So I appreciated staff's work. I appreciate all of your work. And remember, although I went through a lot of stuff with you, there's nothing where I disagreed with a fundamental recommendation. I, I'm a wordsmither here. Uh, I am too. I thought I caught it all. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your attention to it. So my compliments again to the staff. And it was a very positive uh, public hearing, which is also remarkable. So with that, I think uh, if there's no further business, I think we are adjourned. No, I just wanted to thank you. It was a great uh, field trip, especially right before here. And I'm not a water smitter, just to tell you. <laughs> <laughs>